Fans, you hear us talk about it a lot, but the Competitive Mindset Podcast with Billy Kegler is absolutely rolling. Coach Kegler was a former guest on the Greatest Games Podcast, so check out the Competitive Mindset Podcast wherever you find your podcast and on social media at Competitive Pod. And if you haven't done it already, check out teachhoops.com slash 816basketball for incredible coaching resources from the great Steve Collins. Again, teachhoops.com slash 816basketball. And you can still donate to our boy Takuma Letsum in his fight against ALS. If you go to our Twitter page at 816basketball, you'll find a pinned tweet there with all information about his fight with ALS. Again, at 816basketball on Twitter. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it can be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, a college coach, a boys coach, a girls coach, or even if their daughters beat them onto the show before. That's 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 correct. And I tell you, you know, after a little brief hiatus here on the show, we are back with a fresh episode this week. And and you mentioned it in your your pre-show introduction there, Chris de Blasio, that our guest today, in addition to being a highly successful, well-known, legendary high school girls basketball coach, uh, he is also the father of one of our former guests. And we, we mentioned in the pre-show chatter, the, the power couple of episode 119 of Ashley Saplicki and Phil Stern. But he's, he's more than that. He is the, the 38-year head coach at Dumont High School in Bergen County, New Jersey. He is Dave Saplicki. Welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, Coach. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Boy, that's some intro, Coach. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's unbelievable. But 38, I, I, 38 years, you're still a, a whole bunch of years behind your buddy over there from Pascac Valley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and, <laughs> and you know what? If you, if you want to, I can take off right from there if you'd like to, because when I got this job at Dumont High School in 1982, um, surprisingly, um, I, I, I accepted the girls' position at Dumont High School. And um, I had looked in the local newspaper because uh, I knew nothing about girls basketball. I, I knew nothing of, of fellow coaches, what, what the lowdown was. And in the local newspaper, there was an ad for Jeff Jasper basketball camp. And, and I, 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 that was the, the period of time when Jeff Jasper was winning 31 and one and 30 and two. And, you know, they had one state tournament after state tournament and state championship. And I took a ride over to, Pascack Valley. And again, not knowing Bergen County, it took me about four hours to drive around Bergen County to find out where Pascack Valley High School was. <laughs> and then as soon as I arrived there, uh, he was very, very gracious and, uh, you know, gave me the lowdown of what girls basketball was all about. And the one thing that he said to me that I it still holds true today, he said, even if you don't have talent, he said, make sure you press the entire game Win or lose, it doesn't make any difference because at least you know your kids have worked hard that particular day. And that's the thing that you could hold your hat on at the end of a game. Listen, you know, I'm sorry we lost, but you guys worked really, really hard. Listen, the reason why we won is because we worked really, really hard. And, and, and I still hold that today. And 
I'm a firm believer. I, you know, I've graduated from the Paul Westhead School of Offense, where we want to just score because it's entertaining and the kids like to do that. That's well, great. In 1982, when you took over, Coach Jasper was in his 37th year at yeah, Pasco. Yep, 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 <laughs> I think. Yep. Uh, those who don't know Coach Jeff Jasper, we had on episode 115 a few months ago. Uh, like we said, legendary coach at Pascac Valley High School, won a thousand games, all that. But we're here to talk about Coach Siplicki today. So, Coach, you take that job. Uh, the first time you meet with the young ladies, the first time you go to practice, what are you thinking? Oh, man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, what was I thinking? I, I had not a clue. Um, I, and I think it was just a carryover of, of, of me believing I was a, a boys basketball coach and just kind of implemented all that stuff. I remember on day one, we had 30 kids try out. And then on day two, we had 14 come back. So, you know, maybe that in, its sen- uh, in, in a sense was a message I was sending to the kids right away. You know, I, I, you know we were very serious. If we're going to spend this much time doing something, uh, you know, I, I want people who are going to be committed to the program. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate, knock on wood, that, uh, that I've been able to hold on to this position for 38 years. So, Coach, you, you talk about that. You kind of lay the groundwork early on. Uh, talk about that because I think this is going to help a lot of coaches that listen to this show about just being true to who you are yep. early yep. on yep. And, and just continuing. So talk about how that's really kind of – just really perpetuated itself over the course of your career and, and a, a, a long, illustrious career of 500 wins. Well, I, I mean, I, I repeat the story because it's a, a tremendous story. My first athletic director at Dumont High School who hired me was, was Frank Baldacchino. Um, and my first year at Dumont, we were 5-15. and 15, And I didn't know you got evaluated at the end of the season. So I get this message that uh, Mr. Baldacchino, my athletic director, want, wanted to see me. So I went upstairs to his office. I sat down and I said, I, this is it. I'm, I'm one and done. I mean, five and 15, terrible. And uh, he sat me down and he said, Dave, I just want to let you know, I think you had a great season. He goes, no parent called to complain about you. So, so <laughs> I got a real quick sense of what was going on um, with, with basketball at the high school level. Um, you know what? you, you, they want success. Okay. Uh, within reason, you know, and, and you know what, the fact of the matter is that I've been able to survive. Hey, listen, when I first started, I was, I was all over the place. I was loud. I was obnoxious. Um, and I, and I think over time I've really, really mellowed a lot. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, people have said that to me. Um, that's one of the reasons why I've been able to, to exist as long as I have is because I've, I've kind of like rolled with the changes in time. And, uh, you know, you can knock a kid down, but you, 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 you got to be able to pick him up and pat him on the back. And, uh, you know, uh, I do that more now than ever before. I'm, I'm laughing and Chris Blasio is going to know where I'm going with this, but you sound like a, a young Brian Rosefield coming in just ranting and raving. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And I knew everything there was to know about basketball. If you go six and 19, my first yep. year, I'm like, what happened? Yep. Just realizing now close to 20 years later, like, wait, it's, it's more about relationships, dude. <laughs> I, well, without a doubt. And, and, you know, that's the thing that I really, I cherish the most. I mean, I, I love seeing the kids. I mean, you know, I've got lasting relationships. I've been to weddings. I've been to, to, to baptisms. I've been to, to it all. And it's because of the fact that, 
I, I'd like to think that I've done something right besides just win. You know, I, I remember also the, the, the time when my wife walked out of the gym, my second year uh, of coaching. I mean, we were in a game, uh, uh, second half started. I said, I told the starters to go in. And for the first two minutes of the third quarter, we had four kids on the court and I never realized it. And then I took my suit jacket off and I flung it to the ground and I ripped the sleeve off of my suit jacket. And my wife walked out of the gym and she didn't come back for two years uh, later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what was that conversation like when you got home? Oh, I, I don't know, but I, I, I don't recall where I was sleeping that night. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach, you talk about this, this foundation that you laid. You come in as the girls' coach. I love, I love that story. The athletic director, Brian's an AD now. He can, he can sympathize with that. I didn't get any calls from parents this year, so that's yep, good. Yep. You, you thought of yourself as a boys' basketball coaching, coaching girls. When did you think of yourself as a girls basketball coach? Or when did you say, this is what I am. I'm a girls basketball coach. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a very good question. Um, you know, I, I, I just remember, uh, and, and the way the game has changed or progressed, I think, for girls over the years. I mean, there was a time when I first started. And, and again, my, my first, the heydays, the early heydays of Dumont, was the fact that I had a kid who was six foot two and all we did was get the ball on the block to her and just, she just turned and made layups the entire game. And there was a time, and again, we're talking probably, excuse me, the late eighties, early nineties, where if you had one solid girls basketball athlete player, you could, you could win a lot of games. I mean, you know what? Knock on wood. I'm, I mean, I've got a team this year. I mean, and we're talking about 30 years now of, of, of of, of you know moving forward is that I've got four, five, I got six kids who can put the ball in the basket. And and in today's game, that's something that that you really need. You need it now, now you need a kid to come off the bench and be able to score. You know, so there was a time and it's you know when you, you had two players and three players, but now I mean I mean I mean I mean you need you need a whole lot of players that can do a whole lot of things now. So, Coach, I'm curious now if you have, like you say, you have six players that can put the ball in the basket. What is it like for you? And I'm, and I guess I'm, uh, I don't want you to give away all your secrets here, but I'm just curious about the development. I was talking to one of my coaches today about that, just developing kids, and for me, developing coaches. But how do you go about developing those girls? Does it start with youth camps? Do they come? Like, do they know your system? What's that like just to to develop them as players? Well, I, I also have to give credit to the town that I live in. I think we, we have a recreation program where the kids are, are very involved. I also, you know, we, we're, we're lucky that we have two middle schools that have um, programs. We don't, they, we don't combine it. So, so one middle school plays 20 games and the other middle school plays 20 games. And that, and that helps us tremendously. I tell the kids all the time, I'm not a very good coach, but I work pretty hard at it. And, and I, and I think, that's how we, we all get, get through it. Um, you know what? We, we, we know it's serious. We, we know we, you know, we mean business. Um, we don't want to be embarrassed on the court. I tell the kids, as soon as you cross the line and onto the court, you know, you, your whole personality changes because now, you know, you represent Dumont, you represent this team and you're a part of this team and people are looking at you all the time and you better do the best you can. So I think from a, it's, it's, it's a pride standpoint too. I think the kids want to go out there. They want to perform and they want to do very, very, very well. 
in front of people because they put so much time into it. Coach, I'm going to ask you a question here in a second, but I'm going to jump in with our trivia question of the day for Brian Rosefield. <laughs> this is where he, I guess, stump him. Brian, an early, I'll give you a little hint, an early guest on this podcast was formerly the boys' coach at Dumont High School. Can you name him? Wow. Formerly the boys' coach at Dumont. I, I'm going to go, I hope it's no disrespect, to Adam Kaplan. No, close, close. Uh, Adam Sidro. Sidro. Oh, man. Sorry, Adam. And, and okay. by the way, uh, on that note also, uh, I have seen nine uh, new boys basketball coaches in 38 years, by the way. Wow. <laughs> and all the time you've been there. So now, Coach, you just said in that last answer that you work really hard. You may not be a good coach, but you work really hard at it. Uh, 38 years. What do you do uh, in the offseason or even during the season to develop yourself as a coach? Because I don't think you can ever stop learning. Well, well, that, that, that's that's an easy question. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I my family, knock on wood, is is I got I got coaches all over the place in my family. Um, you know, I, I've got a nephew who had been the women's coach at Syracuse University. I have a cousin who's a, a men's assistant at the University of Vermont men's team right now. I've got my daughter who's at Rutgers Newark. I've got, I've got my son-in-law who's at the College of Mount St. Vincent, um, an ex-Division I um, uh, head coach. I mean, I got stuff all over the place. I mean, if I need something, I mean, Phil will send me to Seton Hall to see Tony uh, to sit down and to do some X's and O's. So, so I, I've, I've been very fortunate, you know, within the family to be able to branch out and just ask for help if I needed it. And, uh, and, you know, I've, the, the, the ties that, that this, this, my family has is, is something that is, that's helped me tremendously. Well, coach, you, you know, the name of the podcast is the greatest games podcast. So we would love to hear about you have 13 stories. We don't care. We're just here to listen. <laughs> Tell us about the greatest game of two or 13. Well, it, 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 it is funny when you, when you said that, because my daughter said to me today, she goes, you know, you're going to need to remember a really, you know, important game in your life. And, and it's funny because about two weeks ago, I was going through a draw and I found the clipping of that game that, that is probably the greatest game ever. Uh, and, and I got to give you a little background. It was a state tournament game in the year 2005. We were on the road in Pequannock, New Jersey, and um, we were the seventh seed. And I think we were probably playing two at that point. I think that's uh, I think seven played two at that point. And what I had done is um, uh, the team was uh, was a really, really good team. The bonding was great. Everybody got along very, very well. And and before our first day tournament uh, game, I had said to the kids, I said, why don't we, let me get lunch. Let's all have lunch together before our first game. Lo and behold, okay, dropping $65 to feed everybody. Lo and behold, we, we win our first state tournament game. Okay. All right. Next game. Let's have lunch again. Got to get lunch for the next state tournament game. <laughs> So I drop another $65. We have lunch. Lo and behold, we win again. The day after that second state tournament game, right before practice, I swear I heard a kid say, do you know if we win tomorrow? I looked at the menu. They have lobster on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so I'm now in a panic. Okay. 
So lo and behold, we go to Pequannock. Um, uh, we're down by 13 points going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I had begged my wife and youngest daughter. I said, listen, I, it was like a Tuesday night. It was a, it was a school night. My daughter was uh, a junior in high school. And I said, I said, ask mommy, tell, you know, can you guys just come? Nobody's coming to the game. Okay. Cause it's, it's out, it's out in Pequannock. Nobody's coming. And my daughter says, you know, dad, I got a test tomorrow. I said, all right, what, whatever, do the best you can. <laughs> so the, the funny thing is that we're down by, by 13 going into the fourth quarter. And in the huddle, my daughter and wife, I see them, they're walking straight across in front of my huddle as I talking to the kids on the team going into the fourth quarter. My daughter stops and looks at me, shakes her head two times left to right and says, if I don't pass this test tomorrow, it's on you. And then she continues to walk past me into the car and, and my wife and daughter leave. Lo and behold, the fourth quarter is, a, a, is just berserk, okay? I got one kid, uh, Emily Aponte, scored 24 points. I got another kid, Danielle Rose. She scores 25 points. We tie the game uh, in, in the fourth quarter, goes into overtime, and we wind up beating Pequannock 65-62 in the state tournament game. And lo and behold, the next day, I got to buy lunch again. And my wife says to me, honey, I've been looking at the debit card. What's going on? And I said, I said, hon, I said, you know what? It's businessman's lunch the last couple of days. Okay. So don't worry about it. I got it all covered. But it was, it was a really, really funny story. You know what? And, and, and that's what we seem to do. Okay. Um, we, we, we make a lot of, we make light a lot of situations in our, in our games. Do we want to win? Absolutely. Do we want to have fun? Absolutely. Okay. But we, like I said, we work very, very hard and things like that you remember. And it's just, it was just a whole funny moment. And uh, we wound up playing our next game. And I'm not going to say thank goodness, but we wound up losing to Pascac Valley uh, in, in the semifinals of, of, of group three that particular year. But that's something that I always remember. It was, it was just, a, we couldn't miss a shot in the fourth quarter. And after we had played so miserably for three quarters, <laughs> where was the lunch coach grant street cafe? Where uh, you know what? It might've been a, like a little Italian connection, a little oh, Italian like, connection, little Dineros, okay. a little Dineros, possibly, Dineros, you, know, right. you know, it got to the point where I just said, sir, you win. That's great. I surrender. Let's go here. Just <laughs> take the card. Just take it. Just take it. I don't care. Brian Dineros next time. Great bread. Unbelievable bread on the sandwiches at Dineros. Okay. I, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, uh, well, I, I feel like I'm a budding connoisseur of New Jersey cuisine, just with <laughs> Miller's ale house. And, uh, oh, I've sure. already forgotten the name of the, the little pub that we went to for lunch, but the one on one pub, the one on one. I mean, oh, I yeah. get the sure, sure. and wherever your dad got those bagels from, like, good Lord, that's just, uh, <laughs> it's almost not fair for a guy that's just struggling with his weight down here in South Carolina. Um, so, so coach, you, you say your daughter actually walks by and, and, and says, you know, if, if, if I fail this test tomorrow, it's on you. Was there any part of you that's like, we got to hurry up and win this thing? And well, then, actually, Ashley was not. She was in college at the time. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So yes, I'm my sorry, youngest yeah. daughter, whose name is Katie. So, yeah, she's the one who, uh, who who gave me a hard time. So we still laugh about that today. So. How go. did we do on the test? 
Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I possibly had to write a note for excuse for the next day to school or something. I don't know. I don't but I, I tell oh, you, though, is- just hearing, hearing y'all go talk about just eating lunch. Like I, I think about those times I've had uh, teams and, and taking them to eat, uh, you know, it's, it's really, at least down here in South Carolina, it's, it's somewhat rare to be able to do that. It's really yeah. you're at the, play, you know, the playoffs. It's a special thing. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, regular season games are special, but there's something about, and then, you know, just that, that I love that little dig, like, Hey, wait, we might be able to get some, some lobster on <laughs> the bar. That's just, uh, I yeah. think it speaks a lot well, to the relationship. Yeah, but again, yeah. though, you know what? And that was probably, you know, the, the, the greatest thing that, that, that troubled me this past, you know, basketball season, the inability to be able to see the kids. You know, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, people say to me when I retire or when I no longer want to do this, will I continue to coach? I just think it's so important to be able to see the kids every day. You got to know what's going on in school. You got to know what's going on in our life. How's things at home? And, and, and I just, I, I, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't walk in and say, okay, here we go. Here are the balls. Let's go. We're doing this. I want to know what's going on. And, you know, I see the kids in the hall and I look at them if, if they're down you know, it's it's just it's just too we play too big a part of their lives. I think that uh, that I that I just couldn't do that. I I need to see the kids every day. Well, we've referenced it a bunch of times since then, Brian. Episode one hundred with the legendary George Glimpse uh, down in South Carolina when he coached at Eau Claire High School. He said every player had to come by at some point in the day and say hello to him if they were in school and just yep. check in. Yep. No matter what they were doing, no matter if they didn't have his class that day, whatever it was, they had to come by the gym and check in and say hello. And I think, man, that is just an amazing – that's an amazing thing he did for 30 years at Eau Claire High School. It sounds like you do yep. at least something similar. You make sure you see those girls every day, even in the off season. So, Coach, I'm going to ask you a question kind of related to that. Um, you know, I've, I've been an AD for six years, and I've been that coach that um, – was more concerned about on the floor performance and it's taken me, I'm not going to say I was a hundred percent that way. Cause I always cared about, I started out as a girls basketball coach myself. Um, but I've worked with coaches. I've seen coaches that seem to have difficulty making that connection that it's really, mm. uh, that, that it's, it's about the game. We got to teach the game and I get it. We're teaching the game, but what advice or what thoughts would you Opposed to a coach that may be struggling with seeing the real, the, the reality of the situation is these are still kids. They're, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. How would you approach that with a coach? Yeah, well, it, it is funny because, uh, again, now we're playing, we're also playing in the summer. We're playing summer league. Thank goodness we've been able to, you know, keep our skills uh, going. But I mean, even in summer league, there are, there are teams that we play against um, where they're, they're, their coaches are playing like this is the, the state championship finals here. You know, and, and, and for me, I'm, I'm walking on the court. I'm patting people on the back. I, I mean, obviously, you know what? I'm, I'm telling people what to do. But at the same token, you know, you're trying to, you know, get things ready for when it really counts, you know, in, in, the, in the winter. But um, I, I don't know. Like, again, I have, from the day that I started to the, the person that I am now, I think my my philosophy has changed. I, I'm not as 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 hard and, and, and rigid on the kids um, because of the fact that it's just, you know, it's it's the world we live in. You know, yeah, do I want them to work hard? Yeah, you sure better work hard because I'm gonna I'll call you out on that too, because you're gonna let other people down because we count on you. 
And, and then that's the thing, because, you know what, I make sure they in the huddle, we look around, we see one another, you know, you know, this person counts on you to do your job, you know, and, and you know, we're putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort to try to have some success. Um, but, at the, you know, at the same token, I, I you know what, you got to pat people on the back for doing things right. You got to high five them. You got to you got to be happy for them because, you know what, there's a lot of things going on in their life at home that that we're not well aware of yet. Um, and, uh, you know what, if they're going to come, I want them to have some fun to be around their friends and, and to be comfortable. Well, coach, that's definitely a topic that we've, we've explored more here in this podcast. And, um, we've had coaches like yourself that have been doing it a long, long time and <clears throat> the changing athlete and how you coach people again, Brian, Brian talks about his early experiences coaching girls basketball. You know, he was coaching like he was Bobby Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, is it is it Chris? Is it is it the way we coach him, or is it the way we treat him? You know what? Right. Well, mean, yeah. You know, you know that's maybe that's the topic. Yeah, and again, we're learning so much more. Again, the last couple of years about the mental health of of athletes that we I talked with uh, with your daughter and Phil. We talked about uh, some things emailed afterwards about the the young girl at Northern Highlands. Uh, yeah. Look about and you know the mental health of athletes. Yeah how you know, much more mindful we have to be of that as coaches. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, the way the landscapes change and for the better, sure. really. Oh, I agree. Because, you know, I mean, if, if I see a kid struggling, I'll take the kid aside and I, I say, you know, what's going on? You know, I don't want you, I, I, I want you to have fun. I mean, if it's, if it's so much of a struggle, please don't do this. You know, please don't do this. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not worth it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have those conversations occasionally. You know, you, you can just see it in a kid's face, you know, and again, it's, you know, what I, I don't know if, if, you know, the, you know, uh, being here on the show, are, are, are we talking about wins and losses or, or about, you know, the, the, the whole type, the type of people that, um, you know, are, are, are playing the game and, and, you know, how we can help them evolve to be better people as, as they move forward. I mean, yeah, and no, and you've talked about that. I mean, we, we did talk about a game and a win and fine yeah, and all that, but yeah. we talked about the weddings and the and the christening yeah, yeah. And, and those things you've gone to. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. I mean, to me, coach, I've said this a lot on this podcast. What else is there uh, yeah. if there's not the the weddings and the and the having the fun and yeah. and learning the game? And it's it to me, it's it's so refreshing to see a guy like you that has one quote unquote won a lot and it's legendary 38 years and has retained who you are as a coach and and still coach them hard and care about them as kids and as people and that's that's the balance that i mean truthfully sometimes i have a hard time striking with folks that uh whether it's media people like oh did y'all win any state championships this this year at ridgeview Uh, no we didn't but you know what i think we made a lot of differences in a lot of lives of of a lot of kids during a tough year (laughs) you know and we didn't win any state championships who cares (laughs) right but but you know you know the other thing about a good coach i think is that um i mean you got to look at your what you have talent wise i mean i mean are you going to push you know the the team that doesn't have as many good athletes the same way as you're going to push a team that's got a lot of good athletes. Like, like I think this season coming forward is that, I mean, we're, I look at it, I think we're pretty good, you know? And so I'm going to, I'm going to push a little harder within reason, you know, because you know, the, the goal may be a little higher this year, but if, if I didn't have that talent or the, the type of kid that could take it, well, I'm not, I'm not going to, 
push them, you know, I'm going to push them uh, within reason, but you know what, the goals and the aspirations might be a little different with a team that's um, um, less talented than, than, you know, the, the next one. That's Absolutely. The, that's the thing. I've got to say one more thing, Chris, before I know you jump in for this, this final question, but I've learned a lot about coaching while I've not really been a coach the last six years. And one of the definitions that I've really drawn been drawn to of a coach is that somebody that sees something maybe just a little bit more in that person that they're coaching you know just they can see just a little yeah. bit more than that person can see and so hey i'm gonna call you to that and i'm gonna yeah. hey, we're gonna have fun but hey i'm gonna push you and yeah. when you're having a bad day i'm gonna pull you in the, in the to the side and say hey what's going on mm-hmm. hey, i still love mm-hmm. you let's get out there and try it again you know yeah. and um yeah, it's just I could talk about this for hours. It means with coach, it just means we'll just have to have you back and, and talk about it a little bit further because it's really I, like I said, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> Terrific. Terrific. All right, coach. So we, we know you have a good sense of humor. We heard that story and we like to end with a fun question. I asked some of those young ladies from 1982 that played for you. I asked your daughter who played for you. I asked uh, a girl who played for you this past year. What would they say is that one thing that Coach Siplicki says over and over again? What's that? It could be a teaching point. It could be something funny. I have a feeling it's going to be a, well, a, a satirical quip. Well, it, it's funny you say that because if you've ever been in my classroom at Dumont High School, I have an entire wall of quotes. And one of the quotes that I have on the top, which is the number one quote is, read the signs along the way. And when the kid, my player walks into practice late, I say, that's a sign. Okay. When I see a kid not diving on a loose ball, that's a sign. So, so I refer to that a lot because you know what, anything that you do, anybody that sees you do something, that's also a sign because what you want to do is that person, you don't get a second chance at a first impression. And I tell the kids that all the time, okay, that, you know what, there could be a gentleman in the top row of our bleachers walking in and watching the first basketball game of his life, and he can see that kid on the court who's working hard. I don't know basketball, but I can see a kid who's working hard. So I use the term all the time, read the signs along the way. And that's, that's how I close uh, practices at, 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 at Dumont high school. I like that one. And I like how you went to tardiness right away. That's a- Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I always say that whenever you're late, regardless, and I, this is not just for basketball players, students, people I know, all you're doing is telling the person that what I was doing before was more important than being here. on Absolutely. Time. Whether and, you mean it or not. Right. Right. Oh, I agree. And, but there's one other one that I have real quick. Three things Mr. C believes in. Don't be late, don't lie, and don't miss your foul shots. <laughs> That's, I, lo- I love it, Coach. And I, I'm thinking about all the, the girls that are uh, all over the country, maybe even all over the world, that are uh, repeating those quotes that they saw on the wall. They're just repeating those quotes that they heard you say as a coach, just like uh, Chris de Blasio and I will we'll say till we were – uh, we're, we're in the grave. It's better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. Just, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. quotes that were uh, thrown around USC back in the day and the, the great early Nestor and the, and the whole crew. So um, making a lot of difference in, in a lot of lives, Coach, and we just can't thank you enough for coming on the show and just sharing with us a little bit. This has been really great. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, 
we will go ahead and wrap it up for my co-host chris de blasio i'm brian rosefield and thank you for listening to this episode of the greatest games